Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Welcome back, folks, to the Mind Valley podcast. So today's episode is going to be with a true Renaissance man. Get this, Michael Gelb. You've probably heard that name before because he's written an insane number of books, 16 books on creativity and innovation, including How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, Seven Steps to Genius Every Day. He also wrote Creativity on Demand, Innovate Like Edison, Discover Your Genius, and Thinking for a Change. His books have been translated into 25 languages and sold over 1 million copies. And his new book, The Healing Organization, is about to come out in just a few weeks. But here's the crazy thing about Michael, right? I don't just drop a title like Renaissance Man to make a guest feel welcome. (laughs) So welcome, Michael. It's good to have you on the show. But I got to read this about you. This guy's insane. Michael also wrote a book called Juggling Your Way to Success. And he's a former professional juggler who performed with the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan. He's also a fifth-degree black belt in the Japanese martial art of Aikido. For those of you who are thinking juggling, he must be a geek. No, he's a freaking fifth-degree black belt in Aikido. And he's the co-author with the international grandmaster Raymond Crean of Samurai Chess, Mastering Strategic Thinking Through the Martial Art of the Mind. He also is a certified teacher of the Alexander Technique, which is a method thought in the Juliet School for Cultivating Commanding Stage Presence. And if that isn't enough, He's a gifted, I'm just laughing because this is ridiculous now. He's also a gifted teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong and the originator of the acclaimed Super Chi Summit at the Omega Institute. And if you're thinking Qigong, Tai Chi, this must be like some guy who's just all about energy and can never have any fun. No, no. He wrote Wine Drinking for Inspired Thinking, Uncork Your Creative Juices. Like you go into this ridiculous number of different topics, Michael. And in 1999, he was honored as Brain of the Year by the Brain Trust Charity. He's received a range of other honors. All you need to know is that you're listening to a genius here. I want you to pay attention to how the abbreviation HEALING, H-E-A-L-I-N-G, actually has a powerful meaning. And he's going to break it down for you. These are seven ideas that you can bring into your workplace, whether you're the CEO, the company founder, an intern, or someone who just joined a company and is just climbing up the corporate ladder. But these are seven principles you can bring to your work to gain more meaning, to serve the world better, and to truly shine at your job. Let's get started with Michael Gelb. And this is the Mind Valley Podcast. Michael, welcome to the Mind Valley Podcast. So let's get started. So your book is coming out. It's called The Healing Organization. You co-authored it with Raj Sisodia. Amazing book. And before we come into some of the key ideas in that book that you're going to be sharing here, let's open up this topic wider. So for all of us listening, I want to share with you and Michael some interesting things happening in the world today. Firstly, we know that the Amazon rainforest is on fire and the United Nations and countries around the world are warning us that this could be a dire situation. The rainforest provides 20% of our oxygen. 
And the reason it's burning is because of illegal logging and cattle plantations. The Brazilian president seems to do nothing about it. Second thing, we're noticing that in countries around the world, there seems to be this big conversation, fascism versus socialism. But is there a middle ground? Is there a healthier way of looking at politics? We see this conversation happening in European nations. We see it happening in the US. It seems to be that people go all the way to the left or all the way to the right. This, of course, I think most of us can agree can be unhealthy. But why aren't we seeing a middle ground? Third observation in the world today, just last week, something remarkable happened. Many of the leading companies in the United States got together in a business roundtable. And this included companies like Microsoft, like Coca-Cola, like IBM, and decided that the point of business for them was no longer about shareholder value alone. It was about making the world a better place. So we are seeing businesses making a new commitment to the planet. We're seeing businesses destroy the planet. We're seeing politicians swing to extremes. And all of this can be a little bit confusing. So what can we as individuals do? What role can we play to make the world better off for our children? Michael, take it away. Thank you so much for framing that so beautifully. First, it's by recognizing that emotions are contagious for better or for worse. Emotions are contagious for better or for worse. So what are you spreading? Are you spreading love and joy? Are you spreading fear and anxiety? And if you recognize that at whatever level you are in the hierarchy of an organization, and however conscious or awake your business seems to be or not, you make a difference every single day by the way you choose to be. And that small things matter much more than we're led to believe. You have way, way, way more power than you may have ever imagined. It's not external power. It's not power to manipulate other people. That's how we often, unfortunately, think of power. It's power to uplift others by your presence. It's power to set a healing example. When His Holiness the Dalai Lama says, my religion is kindness, I don't think he's kidding. And I don't think he's saying just some avuncular, friendly, nice thing. It's the practice of kindness in small things. The interaction you have with the person, you know, and this is one of the keys to leadership. Every leadership book ever written always says, you know, the mark of the character of the leader is how they treat the person who can't do anything for them materially. And on this level, we're all endowed equally. And we all can begin by making this choice to be healing in our interactions with others. So that's the simplest level. And then from there, we guide people to craft what we call a healing purpose for their lives, for their business, for their endeavors. So what is a healing purpose? Well, we like acronyms because it makes it easier for people to remember. I'll take you through them all and then we'll go into each one in a little bit of depth. So it's to be heroic, evolving, actionable, loving, inspiring, natural, and grounded. Okay, so heroic means being an everyday hero. It means making the choice to stand up for what you know is right, even in small things. 
this is something that's playing out in our world today across so many different levels. It's recognizing that you make a difference in your small interactions with other people. Evolving is simple. It means that you're committed to a path of growth. I mean, that's why people come to Mind Valley. And we all need all the help we can get in continuous evolving and growth and learning. So you make it part of your purpose to learn and grow. Now, the healthiest organizations are those that support that purpose individually and organizationally, but that's something that you're empowered to do. By actionable, we mean think about the actions you can take today to be healing. What are the small acts of kindness, of consideration, of meeting other people's needs that you can bring to bear both in your personal relationship and in the workplace? Loving is obviously the most powerful force in the universe, we tend not to stop and really think about what that means in our everyday life. This is not like a quick fix thing, like, okay, I have my healing purpose, I'll just do it. These are questions to live your life by. Like, how do I deepen the sense of loving kindness in my life every day? When you craft your own purpose, make it inspiring so that your purpose is more to do with just your own self-aggrandizement and your own survival. A lot of times people say, well, my purpose is you know, to do a really good job and provide for my family. But it's to go beyond that and be more inspiring for yourself so that you take on something where, no, you want to be part of making a difference in this world. So let me just recap that to make sure we got that. So the first one, H, is heroic, standing up for what you believe. E is evolving continuously growing and becoming the best you that you can be. A is kind acts. Did I get that? It was actionable. It's one thing to have nice sentiments. It's another thing to really be focusing. How can I integrate this higher purpose into my action every day? I see. And L is operating from a place of love. I like that. So that's heal. Now, what about the ING? Right. So I is inspiring. Like my own purpose, I defined my purpose many years ago. And it's about being an ever more effective force in contributing to a more creative, conscious, and compassionate world. And everything I do is around being more creative, more conscious, and more compassionate. When I wake up in the morning, I'm inspired. <laughs> and you know, yes, I want my business to succeed. Yes, I want it to be abundant. Yes, I want to get new clients. But I only want to do those things because I want to make a more creative world. I want to help wake people up and I want to help inspire people to be kinder to one another. So I love what I do more than I ever have. And I've lived this way you know, for decades. So I've never had an actual job. I've never had benefits. I've never had a human resources department. The healing purpose in the book isn't something I'm just saying, oh, you should try this. Uh, it might work for you. This is how I've lived my whole life. And part of why I want to share this is I want people to craft this for themselves, whether you have a job or not, so that you're inspired to get up every day because you know that you're evolving in your quest to be more loving and figure out how to take more action, to be more heroic, to live the life that you want to live. Now, the I again is inspire. Right. That's, so that's inspiring. N stands for natural. And that's important just is to think about how you want to express your purpose in the ecology of the world in which we live. So to think about what's natural to you, what's the natural expression of your own gifts, 
so that it feels authentic, so that it feels true. This is ancient wisdom. This is being true to yourself. Find the natural expression of your purpose. And then the G in healing is grounded. It's saying, okay, I have this higher purpose. Let's say I want to make the world a more beautiful place. Let's say I want to create more opportunity for people who have perhaps not had the same opportunity. And that's part of my mission or my purpose. I need to ground that in strategy, in planning, in action, in holding myself accountable, in getting feedback, and in humility as well. Because what I always say to people is, if you're not humble, you're not paying attention. That's beautiful, Michael. So thank you. I really love it when a teacher can teach in that way, because we're going to remember that. Healing. H for heroic, standing up for what you believe. E for evolving, growing continuously. A for action, taking the right kind actions to move your organization forward. L for loving, operating from a place of love. I to inspire. N for natural. In other words, doing that which you feel you were born to do you were meant to do. And G, grounded. Thank you so much for framing that so beautifully. The first thing that we can do is define what you do in this world with a healing purpose. Consciously craft a healing purpose for your life, for your work, for your career. And it begins, the healing purpose begins with the commitment first to do no harm. Just like a doctor takes an oath the Hippocratic Oath that says primum non nocere, we put forth the notion that everybody in business needs to take this oath. That first, we do no harm. Second, malus eradicare, it's Latin, because I think oaths always sound better in Latin. Malus eradicare simply means root out evil. A lot of times people are colluding with evil. They're colluding with the destruction of the environment or the exploitation of vulnerable groups of people, and they don't even realize it. So we have to wake up, but we have to really look at our imprints, at our impact. And this is where it gets really exciting, because the third element of our healing oath is Amor Vincit Omnia, which happened also, by the way, to be Leonardo da Vinci's personal motto. He used to write it throughout his notebooks. It means love conquers all. Love conquers all. So what if we chose to operate our endeavors at every level, whether I'm the most junior person in an organization or I'm the CEO, what if I consciously chose to operate from love and care rather than from fear and greed. And it sounds so simple, but as you suggested, the business roundtable, 190 of the most powerful corporations in the world, are kind of figuring this out, that operating from greed and fear is causing our planet to burn. It's creating a situation where even in America, the most prosperous nation the world has ever known, more than half of the households are technically insolvent. It means that their liabilities are greater than their assets. This is not a viable path forward for a healthy society. And the leadership is waking up to this, but part of why they're waking up, and this is the power that every single person has, because you know I've worked with CEOs, I've worked with senior leaders for my entire career, and I mean, yes, I have a biased sample because the ones who have engaged me are probably like the ones who engage you. They are people who are oriented towards something more creative and humanistic. 
nevertheless, they've always been deeply attuned to the voice of the people who work in their organization. And many times people think they're not powerful, so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and they don't express their passionate concern for the welfare of others. And here's the thing, anyone at any level who is expressing their passionate concern for the welfare of others and then thinking creatively about how to meet the needs of other people. My life has been devoted to training people in how do you think creatively so that you can do a better job of meeting needs. And when you meet other people's needs, you create a positive reciprocal situation where they're more likely to meet your needs. And obviously we need to be skilled at meeting our own needs. Capitalism works when we do a good job of meeting one another's needs, when we're creative. So we meet one another's needs and generate abundance. Now, in your book, there's a story on that. Could you share that story, the story on what happens when people figure out that they aren't meeting needs? Sure. So one of our featured stories is a call center, an old-fashioned call center. And the head of this company was at an industry conference and he was feeling good about himself because one of people in his business was telling him that the standard turnover in their business was 150%. And he was feeling good because his company only had 120% turnover. So in other words, the standard in the industry is everyone leaves and then half the people leave again. And his company wasn't quite that bad. One of the stories in the book is called The Parable of the Pothole. This company called Apple Tree Answers, 20% of its people are senior executives, they're salaried employees. The other 80% are those who actually answer the phones and are paid on an hourly basis. So one of the senior executives is driving to work, car hits a pothole. Well, tire damage, no problem. She calls AAA, they pick her up. They take her to her Mercedes dealership. She's got insurance for the tire and the rim. A courtesy car takes her to work. She's there 90 minutes late. People say, oh, poor you. They get her coffee. It's a non-event in her life. The next day, one of the people who answers the telephone is coming to work and hits the exact same pothole. Doesn't have AAA, has to call a friend, gets a tow truck, gets the car taken to a place, what it's going to cost this person to fix the car is what they're going to make in the next seven or eight days of working full eight-hour days. Comes to work a couple hours late, gets reprimanded for being late and told, you will be fired if you're late again. Same pothole, two different realities. So this and many other inequities within the company were brought to the attention of the senior leadership. And what's really my favorite thing about this story is when we interviewed the CEO of this company, he said that when he heard this story and many others, he said he felt shame. Basically, his conscience was awakened. He felt empathy for the suffering of these people who really were the heart of his business. Plus, he also realized just how unfair it was to ask these people to answer the phone and be nice to customers all day when they were being treated in such a challenging fashion. So he started a simple process every day. 
He had every manager in the company ask every person who answers the phones, is there anything we can do for you today to make it easier for you to do your job? What's the first thing everybody said? They said, yeah, you know, we all have back pain because you make us sit in these horrible chairs. And it's hard to be nice to people on the phone when your back hurts. Please get us new chairs, which they did by the end of the week. People's backs felt better. Customer reports, customer service went way, way up. Turnover dropped to, I think it was something like 18%, just utterly dramatic. So here's the thing. If you're investing in this business, your investment just got way, way, way more valuable because of the healing, the wholeness that was brought forth by the focused empathy of the leadership of this particular organization. This is what's happening in the world today is it's hard to get away from the suffering. It's too obvious. And more and more people, their conscience are awakening. Crisis, as we all know, creates opportunity. A lot of times people don't want to be creative unless they have to. So when your lungs are on fire, it gets your attention and the planet's lungs are on fire. When we see extremist movements of both left and right and polarization that is unprecedented, certainly in my reasonably long lifetime, but then we see something quite extraordinary. We see the 190 of the leading corporations in the world coming together and saying, we bear some responsibility for what's happening in the world, and we have to change the way we think about the purpose of what we do in order to address these problems. So there's a movement. Let's be really clear. This is an evolution of consciousness, but people are confused, and it helps to articulate what is that middle ground? Because it sounds sort of namby-pamby, well, let's just be moderate and nice to everybody, and that's not going to get it done. That's not the middle ground between kleptocratic fascism and give-it-all-away communism, socialism on the other side. Neither of those things will work in our world today. So what will work? You know, we need new language, so I've made up a new term. I call it regenerative capitalism. People talk a lot about sustainability, but I find it's hard for people to get really passionate about sustainability because what does sustainability mean? It means we get to keep surviving. <laughs> well, that's nice, but we need more than just to continue with the status quo. We need to figure out how do we regenerate the earth? How do we regenerate our social systems? How do we create the kind of opportunity that is the promise of the American dream, which is now the world dream. You know, it used to just be that it was in uh, Bangor, Maine, or in Butte, and now it's in Bangalore, and what used to be called Bombay and is now Mumbai. Right? It's a global dream that individual people, through their own creativity, through their own efforts, can create something of value meet other people's needs in a free exchange for the prosperity of all. That is the genius dream of capitalism that took root in America and created unprecedented prosperity over the last 200 years. But as you rightly suggest, we've reached an inflection point. The way we've operated to get us here will not get us to the next 200 years. 
Yes. So for all of you listening, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Michael Gelb. And go check out the book, The Healing Organization, Awakening the Conscious of Business to Help Save the World. The Healing Organization. Michael, where can they get this book from? Do you have a website or do you suggest we just visit Amazon? Love it if people came to michaelgelb.com. That's G-E-L-B, michaelgelb.com. They can get information about the healing organization. And your other books, because you've written so many incredible books. Let me just read the list for you. There is How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, Seven Steps to Genius Every Day. There is Creativity on Demand, Innovate Like Edison, Discover Your Genius, and Thinking for Change. So go check out michaelgelb.com. And Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the Mind Valley Podcast. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mind Valley Podcast. If you find these ideas interesting, definitely check out Mind Valley Mentoring for Business. I'm sure you've heard of Mind Valley Mentoring. You can check it out on mindvalley.com forward slash mentoring. And when you get Mind Valley Mentoring, there's an opportunity to enroll in an advanced version of mentoring where we bring you business mentors. This is hosted by my co-host, Jason Campbell. He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy. And while mentoring is about our personal growth, Mind Valley Mentoring for Business is about getting really good at the work we do so that you can do more in less time, deliver better results, love your work, and in general, be a hero in your organization. So check it out, mindvalley.com forward slash mentoring. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Mind Valley Podcast. Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.